Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 410. And it's actually our second take. We already tried this once today. So. <laughs> yeah, we're, but, but that is the level of persistence that we're willing to go to to bring this to you every week. So there you go. Abriana, how are you? Oh, I am like a little frustrated. But you know what? I'm just like excited to get this out there. And uh, yeah, we're definitely dedicated to bringing you guys our podcast every week. Every week. Rain or shine. Rain or shine. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Technical difficulties or not. Yeah. And we got a good show for you. We have three industry news stories, three member news stories this week. No guests. Uh, we should be back with a guest next week. Uh, and uh, Retail yeah. Loco. Retail Loco. Yeah. Less than three <laughs> weeks away. Um, yeah. So we're, um, we'll talk more about that at the, uh, at the break. Um, but uh, everything's good for you, Abriana. Atlanta's yeah. killing it. It's great. It's warm. It's uh, springtime. Happy to have warm weather. And it's sunny today, so yeah. Yeah, it's also, sunny somewhere. Yeah, it's also <laughs> abnormally warm, warm here in Toronto, uh, warmer yeah. than it should be. Uh, but I'm not complaining. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and the baseball season's back, and my hockey team, the Leafs and the Raptors, and basketball are in the playoffs, and all is well. So. All right. Yeah. Well, let's start it off with some retail therapy talk, okay? So um, I could probably use a little retail therapy after our woes today, but um, Neiman Marcus is launching a social shop with an app or a platform called Sales Floor. Um, what's really cool about this is this is allowing the retail associates at Neiman Marcus to be able to post things to their Instagram feed. Um, and now customers that follow those, those sales associates can actually shop through their link, um, at Neiman Marcus and the associate will get credit. So, um, you know, the associates can add things like photos and assets and shoppable products to their feed. And, um, what I think is really great about this is that, you know, as I, I worked in retail, you know, before I was, uh, done with college. And I, you know, I did get commission. And so being able to have access to more ways that you can consistently be working, even when you're not necessarily like on the sales floor or, you know, just something that's fun um, for you as a stylist, you know, I think is like a lot of a lot of um, that's that's a helpful thing. Right. One is gaining more money for the business um, for Neiman Marcus, but it's also allowing the salesperson to kind of like move forward um, with their uh, with compensation. So Salesforce is actually based out of Montreal. So shout out to you Canadians up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they're hoping to launch with additional retailers later this month and um, maybe to offer this program on other social media networks. Now, um, what I love about this story is that you know that I'm a big advocate of shopping on Instagram. I like it. I think it's seamless. I think it's easy. So I love that they started with Insta. Um, I like that they're thinking about this, I think, from a lot of different aspects. And one thing that they did mention was that about 30% of online shoppers said that they would shop via social network. And I think this is a really low estimation. I would have guessed like 50 to 60%, especially on the Instagram platform. Um, so I think this is a huge opportunity for retailers, associates, um, and I think whatever this um, you know, Montreal platform Salesforce is doing is like pretty awesome. So want to hear more. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, we've talked recently on the show about uh, kind of this movement by these big social media platforms to uh, to link up with uh, with big box, you know, brand name retailers. We talked recently about Pinterest teaming up with Kroger and shopping boards and things like that. Um, and so I'm all for this. I think uh, Instagram is the exact right platform for, for Neiman Marcus to be doing this kind of launch with. Uh, but for me, the the big play here is is you know uh, I I've always you know as I've you know spent time in retail uh, you know working with a lot, a lot of brands over the years you know you hear about this sort of divide this wall that's up between kind of the bricks and mortar side of the business and the digital e-commerce side of the business um, you know and separate budgets and separate you know marketing spend and all this kind of stuff going on and I feel like this technology and this this sort of implementation that they've put forward here is really kind of breaking those walls down breaking the silos down uh, and bringing it together because now you have a sales rep stylist you know in the store able to get commission on sales that are being driven off of um, you know, uh, online, uh, or social activity in this case. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so I, I'm a big fan of that. I think we, you know, we need more of that. We need more of this kind of, you know, collaborative, uh, platform effort. So good on Neiman Marcus and, uh, and, and congratulations to a Canadian company sales, sales floor for pulling that off. There you go. All right. On to our second story. Now, uh, a company called octopus, uh, which is a Washington, D.C.-based startup, uh, has been working with Uber and Lyft. And what they're doing is putting advertising in the, uh, the backseats of these, of these vehicles uh, and, and selling ad inventory there. Um, and this is not a new story. We've talked about similar types of advertising before. What is new about it is their approach in terms of monetization. And so what they're doing is, is rather than kind of the taxi TV type of stuff, here's an ad, uh, they are gamifying the experience. And so they're basically, you know, giving riders the opportunity to play a game to win cash. Uh, you you will, will watch a 15 or 30 second ad as part of that experience, but it's actually, you know, there's a real game uh, environment there and try to engage people uh, as opposed to just having them, you know, um, sort of be, you know, uh, targeted with, a, with an ad impression. Um, and um, yeah, some brands are already on board. Red Bull uh, has joined on board. Omnicom is, is working with these guys. Uh, they're getting good traction. They say they have 2 million uh, unique passengers per month engaged with the platform already. The demographics are really interesting. Uh, they're saying average age 32 years, 48% uh, female, 52% male. Um, most of these people uh, have a bachelor's degree or higher on average and uh yeah so i mean you know a very captive audience a very educated audience uh i'm sure a um you know they didn't talk about uh you know the uh the spend uh spendability of, of this audience but i'm sure it's it's relatively high uh given uh the other numbers we just talked about so you know i, I think um I, I think this is a good approach and and where cpms you know typically are 50 to 30 dollars um, depending on what's going on out there, they're, they're charging on the actual impression and the engagement. So um, I think this is a good approach. I think it's a it's an interesting way to do it, and I think the gamification uh, changes you know changes the whole dynamic of it. So yeah, I like this. Um, I do like the gamification of this. Right, this is something that I think maybe if I was inside of an Uber Lyft, rather than just maybe like muting the loud. TV that's there that, you know, we hear in the back of like the yellow cab or whatever, um, you know, you definitely might engage if it's like to win something, right? If I had hand sanitizer on me, I might play the game. 
Um, but so I think that that's really nice. And, you know, it's kind of reminded me of the, the show that used to air probably, you know, about 10 years ago called Cash Cab. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get into the cab in New York and it's like seems like some regular old yellow cab. But then, you know, you get in and you've got disco lights and it's like the trivia game. Right. So people were so excited about that, about, you know, advancing to the next level and getting asked those questions and getting a free ride to wherever they're going, maybe. Um, so I like the gamification of this. Uh, I dislike the name octopus i get it because they're putting tentacles out there but just not my favorite uh company name but um i like what they're doing so we'll let that one slide there you go all right all right moving on to shooting some hoops with the cleveland cavaliers and aramark which is the food and beverage company that provides um services to a lot of arenas and stadiums um all around and they are testing out a new way of food ordering. And I really like this story. I think this is really cool. Um, what they've done is that now you don't have to download a special app. And um, in various parts of the queue where the Cavs play, um, you can use Apple Business Chat and you can place orders. So you do this by scanning the QR code um, on the, the seat back. And then you just follow the prompts to the various messages that tell you, like, hey, here's what you put in. You complete the transaction with Apple Pay. And then you just hang out and watch the game until your food comes. So, um, you know, I think about some of the challenges whenever you're in an arena, getting up and having to go wait in a long line to get food. If you go during a break, it's even longer of a line. You know, you're waiting and then you have to, like, carry it down the stairs and try not to drop stuff and trip and fall and spill things everywhere. So I think this eliminates a lot of those issues. Um, I think it's easy. You don't have to download an app. Um, you're sitting there, you don't miss the game, and you really get to have a great, um, you know, fan experience. So I love everything about this. I feel like they've They've thought, um, you know, a lot of, uh, of about like how this will enhance the fan experience. And um, if you, yeah, I mean, even King James would be proud, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I think that's it, right? For for me, uh, you know, the Cavaliers now that they don't have LeBron there, they need to do something, right, to, to yep. shake things up and and try and drive uh, you know audience and and and, uh, and fans you know into the stadium, right? Um, and you know what I love about this story is something a theme we've talked about consistently on this show, which is a lot of you know how how we use technology to make people's lives a little bit simpler, a little bit more convenient. Um, uh, and I think that's exactly what this is. I mean, you're using a platform that is native to iOS. There's no app to in, to install. You don't have to worry about driving downloads, all that sort of stuff. It's just there. Um, and while it's limited to iOS, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, over time they can extend this out to the Android platforms and, and all of that as well. Um, and I love the way you start it, too. So it's, it, it's you know, you simply scan a QR code on the back of, uh, of the seat in the arena to then initiate a, a chat conversation, right? So, um, you know, obviously that picks up the location of where you are and, and, and connects it up from that perspective in terms of, you know, being able to bring the food to you. I like that. And I also like that it's not just the chat piece, but they've integrated it with Apple Pay, right? So it's, I place my order, they, they know what seat I'm in, and I can pay for it. And it's all seamless and easy and, and efficient. I, I can't wait for this to be in a ton of other stadiums as well. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, really cool. Maybe what we'll have to do is at Retail Local this year, we have a, a sports panel, including uh, one of the guys in the marketing team over at the Seattle Mariners. And so we'll have to ask him if they're going to do something like this. Right? Yeah, it makes sense. So there you go. 
So that's our uh, our three industry news stories for this week. Um, before we jump into the member news, I just want to make sure everybody's aware. Retail Loco, which is our uh, twice a year uh, conference that we do in North America, um, the spring version of that is coming up in less than three weeks. It's in Seattle, April 24th and 25th. Uh, we have a ton of great speakers, as I just mentioned, Seattle Mariners is one of them, uh, DHL, Starbucks people, Amazon people, uh, a lot of great brands and sponsors like Gimbal and Bliss and uh, Glimpse and Here Technologies and, and lots of those you know great companies uh, will be there. Um, and if you don't have your ticket yet, uh, we'd love to see you. Uh, Abriana will be there, I will be there, and a ton of other great people will be there. So just go to retail.lo, retail.lo.co, so retail.lo.co, and you can get a ticket there. Again, it's April 24th and 25th in Seattle. Love to see you. All right, on to our member news now. Uh, I'll kick this part off. Our first story is about our friends at CVS, uh, the big pharmacy chain in the U.S., and they've teamed up with Shipt. That's S H I P T, not double P E D. Um, and uh, they are uh, doing same day prescription deliveries now. And so they're starting to offer this across 6,000 pharmacy locations. Uh, obviously, Shipt is the guys who are doing the delivery around this. They have two, um, two ways you can do this. You can do same day or one day uh, delivery for $7.99, or if you can wait another an extra day, you can go do two day delivery for a little bit cheaper at $4.99. Uh, but the best part of this story for me is the way you activate, the way you engage with this. And that is, it's not just through the CVS app. You can also phone your local pharmacy. You can also uh, text in uh, over SMS. Uh, your order um, so you know they're, they're leveraging kind of you know the law of large numbers in in being able to reach as many people as possible by opening it up across the multiple channels and in addition to that not only can you kind of you know renew your prescription and get it delivered but you can also tag on other items to the uh, to the order so you know for for CVS this is great it's incremental revenue on top of the, the actual prescription uh, purchase so you know you need some milk you need some bread you need some you know uh, some chocolate bars whatever it is you need uh, you can add that in there um, to your order and uh, and have it uh, shipped along with your prescription so I think it's pretty cool yeah I wanted uh, more details about like how quickly they ship it to you for the same day because this is definitely something that I would use. I mean I'm like I do use instacart I do use Amazon now and um, all of those different things you know like it's whatever time at night and you're you know you're getting your kids in bed and you need like that ear infection medicine you don't you just like want to get straight home you want to just be able to kind of go and order and I love that they've thought about all the different ways that you can get the prescription, whether it's via text or within the app and all of those different options. So um, I feel like they've really thought about this and um, just adding on things obviously is going to continue to amplify CVS's, you know, business. It's like Uber Eats for, for medicine. I like it. There you go. <laughs> um, and and they, they did say in the story that I was reading that last October they ran a small uh, pilot in Boston where, you know, where, where they're based and, uh, with free delivery uh, on prescriptions and online purchases that was kind of part of a, uh, a membership like Amazon Prime type of, of program. Uh, and in that program, uh, 
you were offered a 20% discount on CBS branded products. You were given a uh, access to a helpline for the pharmacy, a $10 coupon each month. And it was like five bucks a month or, or something like that for the uh, for this membership. So I can see that's while that's not what they're offering in this particular partnership, I can see if they get enough traction on it, moving it to sort of more of a member type of model where you just pay a flat fee every month and, you know, you can order all yeah. you want. So there you go. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, moving on to my last story of the day is Snapchat, and they're testing a new status feature. Now, a couple of years ago, um, Snapchat launched uh, SnapMap, and they did this kind of right after they uh, acquired Zenly, uh, which was a, co- a company that provided this kind of concept of location sharing, right, um, so that you could share your current location with your peers, kind of like a glimpse sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're experimenting with status, and what that does is it, it allows you to check in to where you currently are, and then on the map, on the snap map, you can place a bitmoji of what you're currently doing. So I could be at the library reading a book. I could be, you know, at the coffee shop drinking a coffee or at the club dancing, whatever it may be. So your status would expire um, after you've left the place, but you're actually able to kind of keep track of all the different places you go. So it's in a private repository. It's called a passport. Um, you can remove specific places if you did something that you regret and you want to take that out of your history. You can take that on out um, or you can just choose not to display your status. You can go into ghost mode. Um, and right now they're really trying this out in Australia. So um, I like this story. I think this is like a fun concept. It's, you know, it's kitschy and it's definitely going to resonate with um, the demographics that are on Snapchat. I, I hope that they're able to use this data um, to generate some revenue and, you know, ideas that I thought of for that would be like, you know, people who are con- consistently checking into coffee shops or doing whatever, you know, um, and spending time doing certain things they can obviously use as kind of audience analysis and creating their own types of like personas and things of that nature to show specific ads to. Um, and so I think that, you know, Snapchat has done a lot with advertising but I think that they're not really quite there yet with their um, like a, a well-established revenue model for all the different things and and how customers engage with Snapchat. In my opinion, is much and, and advertising on Snapchat is very different than how they engage with it maybe on like an Instagram, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. So um, I think that this maybe op- opens up some more opportunities for that um, monetization of, of data, and hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of that a little bit as well. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a really cool story, and I think Snapchat is a kind of logical platform to have this type of sort of mashup of maps and check-ins and, you know, sort of emotional, uh, you know, icons, bitmojis, um, you know, coming together, right? And, and you know, when you were talking about the passport piece, I was kind of harking back to the early days of uh, the LBMA uh, back in 2009 and 10, and, uh, you, you know, uh, a company that was around then called Goala. Uh, which had launched, uh, I think, just two months before uh, Foursquare launched, uh, and um, you know they, while they were both kind of going, you know, head to head, you know, for the check-in business back in those days, uh, Gowala was much more on the on this idea of travel and you know logging your history and the passport idea and you know sort of creating you know sort of these uh, these groupings, if you will. And I feel like it's a bit of that coming back, right, with, with this. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Guala got gobbled up by Facebook and kind of disappeared inside the behemoth of the uh, organization. And, 
I'm sure they're using some of their location technology in the background somewhere. But, um, <laughs> you know, the concept of what that was was really uh, in- interesting to me at the time. And I see, I'm see i seeing that sort of now in, in, in what Snapchat's trying to do here. And I think Australia is a good market to, uh, to pilot this in. It's, you know, it's a fairly relatively young, hip, you know, demographic culture uh, down there. So, so I can see that as a, as a good test market. Um, yeah, sure. and, you know, and I think that sort of that temporal status idea of what, where Snapchat comes from um, plays well into um, this idea of Bitmojis tied to a map. There you go. All right. Our final story now um, is about Walmart uh, teaming up with Google uh, around voice-enabled shopping. And uh, what we're talking about here is basically being able to order uh, your groceries and your whatever you need uh, from Walmart through a Google Assistant powered uh, platform or device. So this could be a Google smart speaker, a smartphone, a smart watch, a, you know, whatever it is that's that's powered by the Google uh, Assistant uh, technology, including um, third party products like JBL products that, uh, that that are powered by that uh, uh, or Lenovo products or things like that as well. So it's it, it's across the board. Um, and what they're going for here, and, and for me, what I like about this is one of the key differences, and there, there is a major difference between how you order things on, on a Google Assistant device like this versus an Amazon-powered uh, device. And so with Amazon, if you, if you order something you know, using voice, it basically kind of puts, puts an order out there right away and then kind of fills that order and, and starts shipping it out to you. Whereas with this, it's more you say, okay, Google, talk to Walmart, and then you say, you know, milk or bread or whatever it is that you want, and it starts to build a list, and you can add to your list, and then you can decide when you want to kind of, you know, have that that list of items purchased and delivered to you. Um, what what's also interesting about it is is that it learns over time based on on kind of your pattern. So if you say milk, it knows that you typically order a gallon of milk and you you order one percent and and you know or organic you know or whatever it is that you order. Um, and, and we'll just automatically kind of place that in there. And the other thing I like about it is, is that it's tied into the real-time inventory pricing of Walmart. So it's not, when you say milk, it also knows, and it'll come back to you and say, well, the price for that right now is, you know, $1.50 or whatever it is. And then you can make a decision as to whether or not that's an acceptable price to you uh, at this time or you, you want to go shop, shop around, I guess, or whatever. Um, so I, I like the way that they've kind of you know linked those things up together, and I think it I think it's a powerful combination you know of voice technology you know we'll, we have a whole panel on this you know on kind of voice and search at, at retail local uh, coming up uh, later this month, but the combination of that voice technology and the last mile delivery aspect, which we also have a panel uh, separately addressing that at retail local, so. You know, th- these topics are hot right now um, in our industry, and, and I, like to, uh, I like that Walmart and Google have teamed up on it. Yeah, I like that they're thinking about this in terms of the experience and the multiple ways that people might shop at a Walmart. So, you know, they may be wanting to go in and pick it up in the store, or maybe they're wanting it for, um, you know, a quick delivery. Um, so that there's obviously options, whereas um, with something like Amazon, you know, there's only one option, and it is getting it delivered. Um, you know, I think that like voice has so far to go yet. We are just at the beginning phases of it. So when Mm -hmm. we're seeing these new things, um, come out, you know, it's fun. I I had a a funny thing happen yesterday. We just got an au pair. And so she just got here like 10 days ago. 
Um, and you know, she's starting to learn English. And so, um, my daughter is always using our Amazon fire stick to, um, you know, use like the, 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 the speech part of it so that she can find the movies or whatever it is that she wants to watch. Um, and so she's kind of been watching brave a lot lately, but my daughter can't really pronounce her R's very well. Mm. And so apparently the au pair and my four-year-old daughter had a big uh, fight because my daughter was saying she wanted to watch wave and um, Amazon could not find Wave <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then the au pair is just, you know, repeating it, trying to find Wave. And she's like, and my daughter's yelling at the au pair, that's not how you say it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so neither of them can pronounce it. And Alexa's just like <laughs> very confused about what Wave is. So I think that like, you know, understanding speech and like getting a better idea of like, you know, if people say, milk or milk or however they pronounce certain right. things you know um it's just going to get better and then the iterations like what we're seeing here with walmart and google are just going to continue to um make our lives easier so i look forward to that and um i think this is a great it's a great partnership as well yeah and if you haven't seen brave it's a great movie um <laughs> it's fantastic and so quick quick little sidebar story so a couple of years ago when that movie came out um i don't mean how long ago probably three or four years now but uh Whenever that movie came out, I remember I had arranged with, with a, a friend of mine, a male friend of mine, to go. We, we were just going to go hang out and go to a movie one night. And it was some sci-fi movie or something we were going to go see, like like a guy, guys would go see. And we got to the theater, and uh, they told us that the theater where the movie we wanted to see in, in this multiplex was like closed down. The air conditioning wasn't working. It was the middle of a hot summer. And they're like, so we're not going to show that tonight. And everything else was sold out um, except for Brave. So here we are, like two adult male guys sitting in a in a theater full of kids, you know, watching Brave. Um, it, was, it, was, it was it was fun. It was fun. And uh, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, you were brave men while you went to go see Brave. Yes. And it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. So it is. There you it go. Um, so that's it. There you go. Uh, be brave. Um, and uh, we thank come to you. Retail Loco. <laughs> yeah, come to Retail Loco. We thank you for uh, for listening and watching. You've been listening to uh, episode 410 of this week in location based marketing. Of course, we'll be back next week. Uh, technology, uh, you know, issues all worked out. I hope uh, back with uh, yet another show for you. Uh, in the meantime, if you have feedback questions story ideas reach out to us the contact information is at the end of the show and and we're easily found on on things like twitter and instagram and all of that um but yeah um thanks thanks for listening and watching we'll see you next week bye bye